Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence with psychiatrist Bernard David Beitman, MD. Dr. Beitman is the founder of the Coincidence Project. The project encourages people like you to tell each other coincidence stories. To learn more about Dr. Beitman's work, put Connecting with Coincidence in your web browser. You'll find his book, his Psychology Today blog, and the interviews from this podcast. And now your host, Bernard Beitman, MD. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence, CCBB 2.0. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. If you wish to support us here at Connecting with Coincidence, please like and subscribe. Increasing subscriber numbers increases our reach. And those of you watching us on YouTube, write us one of your coincidence stories in the comments sections. We will reply. A few years ago, an idea trotted into my consciousness. You are an intergalactic agent. Hmm. I blurted that out to a new friend, and she immediately re replied, so am I. Well, I figured if there was one more, then there are many more. So fast forward to this year, two years. I was listening to a podcast, uh, The Mystical Underground, hosted by my coincidence friends, Rob and Trish McGregor. They were interviewing another coincidence friend, Amalia Karras, who has written a book called Synchronicity. During the inter inter interview, Amalia mentioned the number 12 several times, and also something about keys to knowledge, and there was something else. A light bulb flashed in my mind. Was she a Pleiadian? an Earth visitor from the star system Pleiades? Keep listening, since Amalia is our guest today. Amalia Eon Karras, the author of Synchronicity, Unblock Your Divine Destiny, works with truth seekers to ground their unique gifts and find their calling. For the last 25 years, she has been a way seer and business consultant, helping visionaries craft impactful businesses and design artists life and design artistic lifestyles in alignment with their revolutionary spirit. She supports visionaries who want to master their energy and gain momentum through her online courses, her one-to-one -one mentoring ship, her masterminds, and transformational retreats. She excels in mentoring those who've had spiritual awakening and are ready to ground their worldview and unique abilities into a new business or special project. Welcome to the show, Amalia. Thanks, Bernie. It's great to be here with you. That's, and it's great to have you. And we have some things to talk about, don't we? But let's start yes, with, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Let's start with, let's start with uh, the story that you told me about uh, you with the famous guru. Oh, okay. Jump right in. Um, Jump right which in. part of the story? That's a big story. It is. Um, well, which part stuck out to you? Well, this part that stuck out to me was the little girl, the eight-year-old coming up uh, to you. Yes. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that, that's the core part of this. And you can talk about the, the back part of it, where you were, but there you were in India. Yes, yes. So and I lived in India for eight years. So I was there for a long time. And I was working with 
a famous guru and he, whenever I needed to meet him for business meetings, he was always traveling. So he asked me to attend one of his weekend uh, workshops. And when I arrived, I didn't know that it was 2000 people and that I was going to be the only foreigner. And I had to just wait around for him to be free between his onstage appearances. And so I was walking around this huge um, mega center of spiritual seekers, you know, thousands of people. I'm the only foreigner. I kind of stood out. So I had, uh, I was wearing like a hat or sunglasses and I put earphones in just to like uh, not be bothered because people wanted to take my photo all the time. And I was walking, you know, sort of head to the ground and this eight-year-old girl, I saw her running towards me and I thought she was running past me, but she ran right at me. And then she was like skipping along next to me and she's talking, but I'm ignoring her because I just, I don't know, I was just in that mood, like, I'm here for business. I don't want to talk to anyone else. And she said, am I bothering you? And I realized, okay, she's a child. Stop. You know, I was talking to myself, like, be nice. So I took my earphones out and I, I smiled at her and she said, are you Pleiadian? And I got such a shock, you know, when is the eight-year-old girl asking me that? I didn't even know she knows what the Pleiades are, but I just looked at her, I, I kind of cocked my head the other way and she goes, I knew it, I knew it. I didn't say yes or no, she was just, I knew it. And she high-fived me and she's like, me too. And you're my new best friend and come with me. And it was um, a really incredible day because she introduced me to a group of psychic children that um, I ended up working with for a number of years. And they actually had me be become their ambassador and speak on their behalf. Um, and one time it was a, a meditation event of 60,000 people. And they asked me to come on stage and give a message for the children. But these, this group of psychic children, um, they were all, you know, extraordinary young people all under the age of say 20, but some of them as small as six, they had past life recall. They they knew what star system they were from. They had incredible talents and gifts. They were singer, artists, dancers. And um, yeah, it was a pretty extraordinary time that I got to um, know them. We're still in touch today. They're, she's in her 20s now, um, a professional woman. Well, you know, for me, <laughs> look, that was like, wow, okay, because uh, I had this like idea that I was like from an intergalactic agent. I, I thought there might be some other people around here, but my little cocoon of life somehow didn't run me into them. And then there was this other person and now there's you. And now there's all these people. Oh, I know hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands of them. Yeah. What is them? I mean, they know the star system. They have where they came from. They know uh, have past lives recall. They're highly talented. This this is a, a remarkable thing. I was surprised you'd even talk with me about it because it seems so weird. But yeah, it's like a thing that's out there. So what's new, Bernie, is kind of like what you're saying. And it's new to me is what this is. So tell, tell us uh, what it means to you, for example, to be an intergalactic ambassador to Earth. Yeah, so that... Um... I was told in, in my, so since I was young, I had 
interaction with um, UFOs and invisible realms. Like they would communicate to me. I, I was raised in a very um, Christian environment. So I was taught to pray at a young age. And I think that's what um, activated this ability. Uh, I was also in a dysfunctional home. So I spent a lot of my time alone in nature, wandering in the woods and I would pray and energies, entities, things would speak to me. And fast forward into my 20s, um, that intelligence that would speak to me started teaching me a lot of things. Um, for example, there was like a, a red star that would wake me up every morning at 3.33 and flash. And I would just sort of wake up. I'd see the clock. It was 3.33. I'd look at the star and it would flash and I would receive a lot of information and I couldn't really explain it. But um, my then husband would get really freaked out because it was almost six months every single day. Um, and he was like, you're doing it again. It's 3.33. So we both saw, okay, there's something with this number. Um, and I, I received a lot of information about technology but right after that we launched one of the first web design companies in the world and I became an expert in artificial intelligence and um, high tech without a college degree or any studies in it because um, of because of all these downloads as we call them that you yeah. were getting you were getting lots of information and a lot what what I'm what I'm looking for and you're kind of telling me this is that ambassadors usually try to make connections between where they come from and where they are being an ambassador to so yeah I, 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 that was what was confusing me and I can't tell you that I have all the answers to how that happened but um I knew that it was my somehow uh, just like cognitively, not, not intellectually, but that it was my own essence um, that lives there communicating with me here, like a future version of me um, assisting me towards my mission. And that's when I started to hear um, you're an intergalactic uh, ambassador and we need you to, um, to do this. So it was always guiding my career. I mean, at that time I was in my early twenties. Um, I had never ran a business before. I kind of just figured it all out as I went, but all along the way, I received my information from an invisible source in the stars. And whenever I get lost or whenever I get um, confused about what I'm supposed to do, I just literally ask and the answer is received. One, um, one of the metaphors that I use for that, I think, um, is uh, people on Earth having headphones that are, are have communication with the, the, in, the informant in someplace else and instructing you. It's a kind of a, a tech metaphor of what you're describing, but you, you could tune in to what they or they tuned into you when you needed information it had to go both ways where you had to think about it together so you, they were guiding you into your career yes uh, and they always have and uh, they, at every stage and i've had a lot of career changes over the years um like a lot of weird pivots i've lived in six different countries and it has guided me every step of the way, like weird golden doors would open 
I would walk through them. There's no rhyme or reason why I should be given those opportunities. It was just literally me listening to the information um, and being very surprised at the magical ride. <laughs> we, might, put on. we might call those coincidences uh, or synchronicities. Yes, exactly. We might do that. So the, this, there's something called, somebody calls coincidence control center uh, that, that kind of designs these coincidences. There's one for earth and there's one at different integral, at different levels of the galaxy. And you look like you've been tuning in, not to the local one in the psychosphere around earth, but someplace outside helping create coincidences for you on your path into the future. What you, I know you've done a lot of things uh, here. Um, and my sense for what we need on earth includes not just taking care of the earth, which is something I know you're deeply devoted to and live in a beautiful place in Mexico that uh, helps inspire you to think like that. But I, as a psychiatrist and doing psychotherapy, I'm continually struck by how difficult interpersonal relationships are for people on Earth. And I, that's where my mission seems to have something to do with uh, what I'm doing here is like trying to like bring that out uh, into the fuller discussion, not, not that it isn't out there, but psychologists get caught up in their own narrow ways of thinking about things. And we need a more spiritual, higher order way of thinking about this reality and getting along better than on this earth. There's so much hatred always been around. It's just becoming more evident now. How does 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 your mission involve any of, of that interpersonal uh, group and larger um, healing? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's the key. And, you know, my career has taken me through a lot of different um, levels where those understanding came to me, where I was working with um, businesses and corporations, and then I worked with the leaders of those corporations uh, because I realized there was no way to change them the corporation, you had to change the individual, you know, the leader of it. Um, and then I realized that the leaders don't want to get into the spiritual stuff. So then I started working just with consciousness um, and kind of moved into like spiritual teaching and ecology. And then I was realizing like environmentalists didn't really want to talk about spirit or honor the consciousness. And people who were deeply spiritual didn't want to honor the earth. And it, it was really interesting, like these kind of missions I was put on. And then it brought me back to the US at one point um, after those eight years in India. And I had seated eco communities. Um, I was very much into group dynamics and group, you know, the new community of the future. And and what I was told was that uh, we can't have that interpersonal connection until we eradicate um, and learn how to govern ourselves and eradicate all of the disease that lives within our own field. And that's when I wrote the book, um, Unlock Your Divine Destiny, Synchronicity, um, because it, it was a message to the individual that until we really learn and it's not just um learning how to be good people it's learning how to hold our energetic 
framework, like how to be a sovereign being of light, which is the star seed that I call the star seed. It's not a concept. It's an actual physiological, energetic, um, anatomical structure. That, that, that's, that keep going because that starseed idea is so central uh, to what you what you describe in your book, uh, and it's alluded to a lot. But I'm a guy that likes in, likes to get details and, and clarity. And uh, starseed sounds to me to begin with uh, that we are seeded from the stars, uh, that there's yeah. stars in us. Um, uh, every man and woman is a star in some way or is a star. The star seed is a seed that is to grow from each of us. And the heart seems to be the beginning location for that. Um, but tell us more about the, what star seed means to you. Yeah. Thank you for asking, because um, I think I need to clarify more specifically because a lot of people use that term just to just to mean that. And yes, we are from the stars, um, but each one of us has our own spiritual lineage, like where our soul originates from, why it came to Earth. Um, the star seed is an actual um, let, let's call it like an organ <laughs> that lives inside you that needs to be switched on. So it's, <laughs> it, it works in the energetic form of you. So you know what the morphogenetic field is around the body, that toroidal um, energetic field that's been measured by, by quantum physics. People have been able to um, actually see it with certain technology. Uh, but when you're in deep meditation, this is how I learned it in deep meditation, you can switch it on. And when you switch it on, it changes um, your energetic field so that you can then be free of any sort of manipulation or um, energetic controls. So a lot of us are, well, a lot of us, all of us are being controlled by different energetic waves, whether they're EMFs or radio waves. Um, we all use Wi-Fi and there's so many devices, radio waves, we can't see them, but they're there and they're sending information all the time. So our energetic field needs to become sovereign and shaped properly in order to um, awaken to what we actually are. So as long as our field is being contorted, like when I look at most people's fields um, from my spiritual site, I can see that they're not well formed. They're, um, you know, they have holes all over it. They're ripped up. They've, some people don't even live inside of their energetic form. They kind of float above. And so they have this feeling of um, a, a, like a disconnection or they're not really embodied. They can't maybe feel their body so often a lot of people float like that we call them you know airheads or absent-minded or disassociated like we have all these terms for people like that but when you look from spiritual sites or if we could measure it with a specific kind of camera you could see that they're not embodied in the energetic form that encases the body and so when we activate the star seed it starts to reform our morphogenetic field back to its original codex. And that's when we can fulfill our potential 
that's when our intelligence, our internal intelligence turns on when we drop out of the mind, because the mind can only comprehend so much, but our star seed has access to all wisdom, all knowing from where we originate and what our soul mission is. So I was um, guided to write the book and to teach people how to be sovereign. It's an energetic practice. It, it's a muscle that we have to train. And once you start activating it, your evolutionary process speeds up quite quickly. Um, the several words you used in there, um, the airhead one, uh, and what we've used, what I thought of as airhead conventionally is that they're not grounded in their bodies. And somehow there's a relationship between energy fields and being grounded in your body from what you're being able to say. You've mentioned the word codex, um, which I sounded like you were saying this, the, the, the particular, let me say, algorithm by which your energy field uh, is operating or could op op optimally operating. So you find that by uh, doing these deep meditations to find that place where the, your codex is activated or the algorithm is activated to get that electromagnetic field. You've, uh, the electromagnetic field is so important for people to understand. Uh, it's something that is palpable if they pay attention to it. And that's what what, what I'm trying to be able to help people do is recognize first that it's there. You talk about it being measured. So the electromagnetic field is very important. The star seed and its relationship to the electromagnetic field is very important. And the idea of being sovereign is very important fundamentally in all this so that other influences don't get into your, through your electromagnetic field. So you have what might be in conventional terms, strong boundaries and boundaries against electromagnetic energy from other sources. Yeah, and they all play together. Like we need to, we can work from the physical realm out and we also need to work from the spiritual realm into the physical. Um, when, when we activate our own codex or when we receive that information, that's when we can actually become who we're destined to be or, or really bring in the poten our human potential from the stars, from that source. Like if you were to think of a, you know, an acorn um, planted in the ground, we don't know, the, the, does the acorn know what kind of tree it's going to be? No, it, it holds the potential and it's all inside that small seed and not until it's watered and has the right sunlight, does it grow roots and start to grow, you know, into this mighty oak. So it has to, to, to grow stronger, stronger, stronger. And then eventually when it's in full bloom or in full uh, extent, you can see, oh my goodness, that small little seed was this mighty tree. Um, and we're all like that. We all have that intelligence inside us and it is inside of our heart and it's locked in there. And when you do meditation and other forms of activating, I've sped it up because <laughs> I should let you know that, um, I lived in isolation in the woods for years and I spent about five years meditating almost eight hours a day. Wow. Um, so it, this didn't come easily. It came through um, a, a ton of 
uh, shamanic initiations of awakening to all my senses, my sight turned on. Um, and I thought at first, like, why am I having these huge awakening experiences almost to the, um, to the point of like a full Satori? And sometimes it would last for, for days. One time it lasted for two weeks where I just could see gold and everything was so perfect and I could feel my entire potential. But then I had subsequently like many years of darkness it's like the pendulum swung in the other direction. And I couldn't understand why I couldn't hold these heightened spiritual experiences that I was having. And that's when I started to see my field. And I, then I started to see everyone else's field. And it was this long discovery and I've simplified it into my book. Um, and I, when I do group uh, guided meditations and we all start to activate our star seeds, something really incredible happens like we reach harmonics um when one person opens it's like that hundredth monkey thing you know like suddenly it's popcorn all the seeds start popping and then people who've never been able to do it before their their field gets entrained because someone there already can do it so I would notice in group meditative states when I would leave this and, and bring us into that frequency, um, really magical things happen and people start remembering exactly where they're from. They start having um, their mission downloaded to them and they, it's quite life-changing for, well, for many of us, but we, we can't hold it. So I'm waiting for that number, <laughs> that magic number where we actually can can hold the frequency for a period of time because then it will shift for uh, our entire soul growth. That, that magic number you're talking about is uh, as another number of people uh, here on earth, I think you're talking about real. I think we need, uh, this is what I've understood from, from my uh, experiences that we need 12 people to hold steady physically to, um, to open those dimensions where we get the harmon the harmonic between dimensions. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, that definitely makes sense since I've had a similar, a, a little bit of an experience like that, uh, where the energy seemed to that I was sharing with somebody was also out there, affected everybody else around us. It's a kind of generalizing. You can't hold it, but what you're talking about is been around a little bit. It takes like one point. 11% of the people to have a different political viewpoint to make a big change in the in the place, some, some number like that. It was a narrower study than what we're talking about. But that's what you're talking about, getting enough people together. And what, what I keep wondering about reading your book is, have you found the 12 people who can hold that harmonic and then do the vibrational thing to get to the 144 you're talking about and then hold the whole thing steady so it spreads? Unfortunately, no. Um, I haven't found the, the 12 here that can do it. And it actually depresses me <laughs> a lot, which is why I want my book out as far and wide as possible and my meditations, because um, I know that there are 12 people on the planet who can do it. Um, if we could all do it simultaneously at the same time, um, that's what switches it. I don't think we need to be physically in the same room, but we need to do it at the same time. 
I think it helps to be in the same room for a little while, just so you know it's there. It just kind of, I think it helps that. But yeah, I've, people- I've had close to it. I've had groups where, you know, five, six of us uh, are able to hold the frequency. I've, I've done large meditations. Um, you know, one time we had like 1500 people um, but that was very difficult. There was tons of interference. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I did a hundred something people, and that was also quite difficult to hold. We had like a moment where we could get into harmonics, um, but in smaller groups, like six, 12, 15, yeah. we've, we've been able to hold it for sometimes 30 minutes, an hour, um, and it's quite extraordinary. Now, this is really different from regular meditation. So, there's a lot of meditators in the world, but they're not holding the star seed active in the body. And that's why it's not shifting. Like it's a beginning and, um, sorry, I realized my mic just fell. It's, it's a beginning. And I think that, that, uh, it helps and, and that deep meditation can bring us to that point, but we need to become sovereign first. Like people need to understand the mechanics of sovereignty energetically. They need to become aware. So even if you can't see your energetic field, you can intend that it be sovereign. You can intend that you're sourcing your energy from the earth and the central sun. And you can intend that you're centered in in the center of your being and and asking all other energies to leave. And those intentions bring you closer to that. Um, And what you're saying um, reminds me a lot of what psychotherapists who originated new schools of therapy would do. And I've seen this in other spiritual practice, which it ends up being something like, this is the way I did it. And this is the way I think it might help you to do it because I did it this way. And I've had trouble with that um, because it tends to get a little egotistical because I did it my way becomes the right way for everybody to do it after a while. So there's a place at which the doing it yourself is really important where you get there. But there's also a place at which you have to recognize that other people have to find their own way to it. So yes, I agree that people have to find their own way to it, but when you get there, it's the same. Like the, yes. the energetic um, structuring is the same. And when you're activate, when you activate your, your star seed and you're able to hold it like in an embodied state, um, it, it's obvious for anyone who has vision. Like if we had the device to take a photograph, it would be obvious. It's gonna be obvious. But, but you can, so but, that, but you can, you can feel it. You can, I can feel it. You can see it. Um, there's different ways that people can pick yes. up that that energetic field is coherent in the way you're describing it. And w- well, the way I look at this is that what you're bringing to our our audience and and others through your book is that the important thing is your energetic field. And the idea of a star seed can be useful to some people. It certainly was to you that it emanates from the heart, I think, is a generalizable thing from my experience of it. I don't I, I like the idea of star seed, and I think it can be useful as I think more about it as it emanates out and the acorn growing to create uh, a codex based uh, uh, energy 
field around you is what's important. It can be useful. But the objective for the individual, from what I can tell from you, is being able to be autonomous, to be uh, sovereign within your own coherent uh, codex-based energy field. Is that yeah, right? It's, it's imperative for us to, to shift consciousness in, in totality with, to, to release the controls. So, you know, there's a lot of spiritual teachers out there. There's a lot of people teaching meditation. Unfortunately, um, what I found to, to my uh, great despair, most of them or many of them are not sovereign. They are, they are not holding their frequency in a clear way. Um, a lot of them are being controlled by other entities, other beings. Some of them, you know, I, I went through many mystery schools when I had my spiritual awakening. I saw, I was seeking the best, you know, mystics, shamans, healers, teachers all over the world, trying to um, find answers to what was happening to me because I was blown open. And unfortunately, uh, you know, nobody could teach me exactly what to do. And I don't want to be a spiritual teacher. I just want to share what I discovered, which none of them taught me, which was this, how to be sovereign. Because when a lot of, a lot of meditations have you focusing uh, in different areas, like different chakras, mostly in the third eye. Some, you know, psychic schools have people go up to the ninth chakra and from those chakras, if you center your consciousness there, sure, you got, you know, you can astral travel, you can remote view, you have incredible psychic vision, but it leaves your body um, and your vehicle completely open to attack. And most people who are reading like that are under heavy um, influence of ex external <laughs> intrusion, let's call it. And well, let's let's stay with that for a minute, because there's been a warning by uh, from where I heard it in India of advanced uh, meditators and people who have gotten really spiritual to be careful about the cities. Uh, and, and it's not the city of New York kind of cities. Oh, it's S-I-D-H-I, yeah. <laughs> -S -I -D -I, which are these parapsychological capacities, which you just so nicely listed. And I hadn't really heard so clearly that when you do that, get out there with uh, astral projection and uh, remote viewing, you lose the sovereignty around your body uh, and your energetic field and become more open to being influenced. I didn't, that is a good reason to avoid the city's thing. So funny thing is, with all my studies with coincidences, I got interested in all the parapsychological things. And I said, what was wrong with that? What's wrong with doing that? Telepathy, clairvoyance. What's wrong with doing that? Well, I began lately. I've been getting bored with hearing all the stories of uh, past life connections uh, that people are having, which is an important part of all this, uh, but not the, not it and other other telepathic stuff. And saying, no, I think I'm getting past all that. And now you're saying the reason to get past that because I keep in mind from what you're talking about here is for you activate the star seed for me however you do it from your heart create a coherent energy field around you that you can then maintain yes i love that that's perfect beautifully said you need to maintain it and you can still have cities open 
but you're going to read it. It's harder. Like it's much easier to read outside your field. Like if I jump out of my field, I can see everything, but it leaves my body open to um, disease, attack, all kinds of nasty and, stuff. And, and let's follow up on that because um, uh, a friend of ours, Juliet Trail, was in, in, in the West Coast uh, with some meditation teachers and they don't do meditation anymore. Why? Because it becomes spiritual bypass where people yeah. don't do the regular world, which is what I kind of thought would happen was true, but I'm glad to get the confirmation from hearing out there. Also, there are so many people who are gurus who are being somehow not enlightened in their behavior with people. And you're giving us an idea about how that happens. Most of them. Most yeah, of them. it's very, it's very unfortunate. And I actually, um, I, I actually, oh, you're awful. Eating. You're awful. But no, look what you're true. saying, but it's so true. It's yeah. true. And unfortunately, it needs to I be had, said. it needs to be said. Let me, let me give you. No, a I've no, I know them. I've been backstage with You've them. Seen I've it. seen it. They've tried to kill me. Like, I know. First you know, so experience. here's a, here's a substitute. Try this one out. Try this one out, Amalia. Uh, I, the way to spell guru is G U R U. Yeah. Have you that heard problem, that one? They might not even be them. Like, unfortunately, <laughs> you are you. Them. You are you, not <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. G, G, you, Amalia, are you. That's guru. Yeah. You're the guru. That's yes. what I mean. G. Oh, yeah. You, you are you. You exactly. are you. That that's your sovereign message. So so many things you can like turn around like cities and cities and playing around with those. I like those things. And here guru becomes no, you when you meet the Buddha on the road, kill him. But this is like a simple way of talking about gurus. This is so important to slow down here for a minute and have the people listening and watching this recognize not just my thought about it, but your experience with gurus that most of them, most of them, not all of them, most of them are being inhabited, controlled, influenced by forces that are inside of them, maybe outside of them, but you have to watch out. But there are some, and you've known them too, where you walk into their presence and they are holding that energy field in their codex way, in their habit. And you go in there very much like you just described, and you begin to feel that with them, and you get elevated with them. You can feel it, and it, it resonates with you for a while. So they teach you by experience with them. Yes, and I want to say that doesn't mean that they are um, heavenly, pure, and only do good. Okay, because this is, um, I have been, I've been around the even the ones who the, are the even the strongest ones, magicians. Wait, 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 wait. Even the okay. ones, even the ones that you can vibrate with and feel elevated yes. from. That's yes. what I want to clarify that. Yes. Thank you. Okay. It, it has, it's that subset. As bright yeah. as you are, as dark as your shadow. Like we are dualistic creatures. Not everyone comes from the same source. Not everybody has the same ethics and value and moral code. Um, I have been around the the i would call them magicians um 
there, when you enter the world of magic, like I can create that frequency and make people feel like that all the time. And I did. And in India, people started praying to me and touching me. And I'm like, why are you touching me? You have no idea where I come from, what my background is. And that I used to do lots of drugs and that I've been abused heavily. And, you know, I have a horrible family and like, why are you touching me? Like, I'm just trying to liberate myself from my own suffering, like stop touching me. So I started to liberate them. Like, no, you can do it. Like, here's how you do it. It doesn't mean you're above the law. And, but many of them think that. And unfortunately, you know, everybody in the physical form has ego um, and it's very intoxicating when you're able to control a crowd. Um, oh, yeah. So I like, I like it's I... intoxicating when you come into your power, when you realize yeah. all your cities are open and you're able to walk into a room and change the frequency of everyone in there. Because yeah. Your power is stronger yeah. than theirs. That doesn't mean you're a higher God. It just means you've activated, period. <laughs> and so why this pedestal stuff? And I, I was guilty of it. I mean, I would be in rooms with very powerful people and they were my equals. Like they didn't know where I came from, but they knew that they couldn't infiltrate my field and I didn't let them. And so, and sometimes they battle with me. A lot of shamans, a lot of mystical people who meet me, they start battling with me to see if they can dominate my field. And because I've learned how to be sovereign and I'm just this little old me, like where I come from, you know, I'm not with the pedigree and putting myself on every billboard and like, you know, worship me thing. And, and why are they so challenged by me? And why do they try to kill me? And it really, it's, I, I'm so sick of this spiritual seeking. Listen, everyone, every single being here is spiritual, period. It's in our anatomy. Not one of us is more spiritual than the other. Some people have activated their codex and some people are sleeping. And, and for me, when we all wake up, it doesn't mean we all are good seeds. Like we all have different gardeners, you know, we all have different fruits and flavors. And it doesn't mean that um, just because you can do that means you're somehow holy and perfect. And I am so sick of people doing that to me because I'm like, look, Yes, I've activated. I had all these cities wake up. Yes, I can do that. Yes, I can control energy, but I make sure that there's a council around me checking me all the time. I have people checking on me, telling me if I overstep because it's very easy to do. And unfortunately, most people come into power and they're their, their own worst nightmare. Well, tell us, tell us how you've overstepped and had to be called on it. Um, how I've overstepped. Well, yeah. When I was younger in my 20s, uh, when I was running tech companies, uh, when I was receiving all that information from the stars, I didn't tell people where my information came from, but I, I used it to command the room. I mean, most people working for me were much older than me, many of them with PhDs, uh, MBAs, and I never, I barely graduated high school, you know, so it, it was a, an ego trip for me yeah and um yeah well let, remember... let's, let's let's fast forward from that because i understand that to more present where you, where you now have your codex 
pretty well activated on a regular basis. You have a sense of sovereignty. And so people come to you like the people in India and want to touch you. The people just around you, wherever you are, will feed that ego part of you that's still in you. And I wonder if you could give us a, a more current uh, illustration, not just you're the smartest guy in the room somehow, and nobody knows how you did it, but here now that you are able to make people feel good by being around them because you, they can resonate with your, your, with your energy field. And, and tell us how you might have gotten in trouble with that recently. Recently? Um... I try to check myself. I mean, I. How do you check yourself? I um. I don't like to be in um, authoritarian positions, even though you know I have things to teach. I don't. I if if I feel that other people are putting me on a pedestal or, um, or somehow like, I get elevated, whether they do it or I do it. Um, I have sort of inbuilt checks that kind of bring me to oh, I, I understand that. Level. So I, underst I understand sometimes that. Sometimes it's it's from a course correction outside me, like my house burned down, or um, or something's taken away from me. I have, you know, th there's things that keep me very human. You know, like I'm on the ground with the people, well, I, I and I do circle structure. I, I do understand that very well because yeah. you sent me a lovely. Uh, text message that was to me aggrandizing of my ego uh, that's the way i felt it uh, um. and, and and you were telling me how special i was and i'm going to translate it in my way uh in doing what i'm doing with the coincidence project i mean it was very it was very heartfelt and very warm but it was the sort of thing that i'm learning to like have to be careful about uh, it's not just your writing because you did it, but there's a lot of positive feeling in there, a lot of appreciation of me for what I am doing that had in it the seeds of potential ego inflation. And I had to catch myself doing that. Now, if you're doing that with me and I'm picking that up and you can argue, you can tell me how it was for might have been for you that means it's still in you to me that you want that same thing coming back to you that's what that means to me oh that's interesting yeah for me um that letter to you it was it was a love letter from from a soul to a soul and for me the world that i want to create is one that is based on family values and right relation and soul to soul connection. Um, I want to be free to love deeply without it being askewed or confused. And I want it, I want to stay in the innocence of my love um, without it being um, romantic or egotistical. Like it's just what it is. And I think in that moment um, with you, Bernie, I felt you needed to be appreciated. And I think sometimes, I think all of us do, you know, like there's days that are really hard. Like we, we are gonna wake up, like when you're doing a project, so this is why I love business because business keeps us grounded. Business keeps us humble. Um, and that's why I really help people to stay embodied and grounded through a business or a special project or something that's in service to the greater good because it's kind of, um, 
you don't really get a lot of gratitude when you're a leader. You know, you 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 do stuff and you're you're thinking about everyone else and giving to everyone else and you can get easily depleted, easily run down. And there's days that are really hard and you want to give up and be like, well, what's the point? Like nobody's getting it. It's not making me any money. Like my life's not getting better. Is it really working? And we all have those moments. And I felt you were having one of those moments you might not have, but I felt like I needed to help and, and, you be a strong leader. And this, and this is where, where I'm talking about how it's important that we help each other evolve, that it's not to me, it's not Absolutely. just sovereignty of me, because the sovereignty is an illusion in a way, because we're all part of something, too, and that our self-identity depends so much on our social groups as well. So when, so that's why I'm glad that we're talking about this, because you saw me something like in the position you have been in in business, where I needed some uh, appreciation, and I I did appreciate it. But I had to show your your letter to me to, to, to my therapist because and she's a woman and she's a woman because I had needed to help translating it because I'm a guy and I, you know, guys have this, you know, I, I grew up in the 50s, so I'm not used to this still. I mean, I'm getting yeah. more, more understanding of it, but there's still like, what is she saying to me? I kind of knew you know, what you were, what you were saying, kind of, but the feeling in it was confusing to me. And it was something that I wanted to be able to clarify with you, which you did in the next message where you call me friend. And I, that's what I, I, I kind of knew you were doing, but the feeling in it was not just about me is what I'm saying. It's about your needing what you were giving me as well. I think. Well, yes, I guess so. I, I need, um, I need comrades and I see you as a comrade. You know, I feel that we're here to illuminate the golden network and it is a heart-based connection. And um, there's a few in our, in our group of coincidence ambassadors that I feel a very strong heart connection with. And I feel that we need to strengthen that. And for me, what's also really important is um, right relations. So when I see myself in the, in the 5D matrix or as my illuminated light bodied self, um, love is ubiquitous. That is what keeps us in that frequency. Um, I'm often in that frequency and not in the physical uh, realm. And I forget often about the male female dynamic or how some people perceive love or confuse um, love and sexuality and attraction like most of the time I'm not there like I don't even notice notice it when I'm in a love frequency it's just love and it doesn't have anything to do with um, See, that's, that's so important for me to hear I mean I kind of know that but it helped it's really helpful for me to hear uh, be, because I because I was so glad to be able to clarify, even though it's, it need, it need words sometimes to just clarify it, that, that in your book, the way you, let me say, put down romance, <laughs> it just almost made fun of it. The, the, the chase and catch thrill thing, which yeah. I know very well, because it's fun. It really is fun. I've kind of been addicted to it. it it's uh, just there. It's a the dopamine thing. And, but even when you have that, the brain after three months or 
a year or more uh, goes back to its old way of being that, that romance thing's not there and you're i'm saying it from a brain perspective but you said it from just it's a waste of time perspective that this yeah. is not something to do and i so i wanted to just even the last time i was talking to you i wanted to say i love you too and I, and I want to be able to say that in the way that you're talking about, because I want to be able to love fully myself, because there's a lot of love in me, and there's a lot of love in you, and there's a lot of love in a lot of people. And I want to be able to say love to you and not have it be meaning something different other than the, whatever we mean by the fifth dimensional version of that, but expressing it on this plane. Yeah, I think that love is... Um, been taken out of context and distorted so deeply purposefully because love is our lifeline and love is what overcomes fear and love is what um, creates beauty and harmony in our life and without love we cease to exist you know we cease to um, be human honestly like we just become these beast-like creatures that uh, are feeding off of each other. And I think when we're in the push-pull dynamic, we... What's the push-pull dynamic? What is that? The push... Well, it's kind of like the... What did you call it? The chase and... The, the, the chase and capture. Chase and capture. Yeah, that, that's a very old, um, like, patriarchal structure that keeps us in, like, fight or flight mode it's it's not a deep resting place it's not a safe place um it keeps us in turmoil in inner turmoil women are doing that more and more now though oh i think everybody is because everyone's in fight or flight and it's it is a part of our primal instinct it's not yeah. that we don't have it yeah it's just that um it's not love let's it's just dif we we need to just differentiate love is love and and love doesn't cause harm love love isn't about a game love is pure um, but many people say oh i love him or oh i love yeah him. Oh, I and they confuse sexuality and love but she, what she, about all the other relations but you know it, it, and that's what we're talking about to be able to have multiple loving relationships with people uh and you are feeling something like that with some of the coincidence ambassadors and I'm wondering if uh, maybe your star guidance characters are like, um, and I'm getting some of it too. It's not as clear to me that I get guidance. I don't, I have these headphones on, but I'm not, I do get some messages, but mostly they come in through the trees. That's, that's where, that's where I do. That's where I get um, some of my direct guidance, uh, the trees in the forest that I'm going to go to. Finally, I haven't seen them for a while uh, over uh, on Saturday that, that maybe we are guided, you and I, for me to pick up your Pleiadian origins from just a few things you said, because I'm tuning into that. And I got a book, Barbara Marciniak's, which you haven't read, but the earth, but it's that you don't have to, it's like what stuff, you know, so if I could match that to you, and then you could tell me there's all these kids in India who are Pleiadians, and one of them <laughs> comes up to you and says, I recognize you as one, that these are potential parts of, let me say, somebody's um, 
uh, monad or somebody. I, but I, I think there's a can be a confusion between I recognize them from uh, another star system and the the kinds of monads and soul systems you're talking about here on earth right um yeah okay so also when we talk about um where, where we're from in the stars um our soul might have traversed many different star systems so you know i am pleiadian but i i have memories of being in other star systems as well just like you know, past life incarnations. So yeah. that can make it confusing. And the monad is the oversoul. It's, it's the place we belong to. It's the home of our soul. And not everyone in our monad, which is the, the 144, um, the 12 groups of, of 12, not everyone in our monad is embodied or human. Um, some might still be souls existing in the monad but it's a hive mind it's like it's the i am presence that speaks through you you're connected to your monad in pure love and one thing i do want to say too is pleiadian love is very different from a lot of other types of love so pleiadian love is very pure in its essence um it's just uh it's not just it is um it's, it's what calls us home. Like when we're able to give and receive love or feel love, we're in our, um, in our power, in our containment. It, it's not used to manipulate or askew. And it was a good lesson for me to write that to you and see your response because many times I have been sexually abused a number of times um, by people who know me, who've mis who've confused that. Um, they think that my love for them means something sexual and it has nothing to do with my sexuality. And it's always a shock to me every single time it's happened. Like, wow, how did you think sexual? But I'm forgetting where they're operating from, like where they're um, you know, life story and experiences have brought them. Um, and you would think by now I would, I would know that, but it was not, um, it was really not to elicit anything. I, I didn't, from, I didn't, you know. I didn't think so, but I, I needed to clarify that with the help of another woman. Uh, and then you helped clarify, which I kind of thought you might, because I, I needed that being as I am where I am in my evolution. And I so much appreciate being able to love you in the way we're talking about. I, it's just so freeing. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, to me, that's liberation to be able to love for the sake of love. Like, yeah. We need to restore it. You know, I'm here to restore love on the planet, to let people know that they are loved and that it's safe to love and that love has nothing to do with your sexuality. Hopefully you bring love into your sexual life. Um, a lot of people don't have love and sex, any connection, but they're, they're separate and we need to see them as they are. Well, there's, we do see them as they are. And I want to go back to one thing and we're going to have to get it to come to the end of this in a bit. Um, yeah. But on the dance floor, um, 
I have made what I look back now to be soul connections with another person where I felt their deep something or other. I did, couldn't recognize it then. And it got really confusing. Um, one person uh, channeled the divine feminine the first time I danced with her. And I was so caught up in that that I went home with her energy field deeply meshed in mine. Something like that happened uh, several other times as well. I was confused by that. I thought it was like love. Um, and I got caught into something with her and I had to go through a bunch of things that uh, were very educational to me and helped bro grow me up, helped grow me up uh, to be able to step back from it. So I can see how being able to open yourself up, your soul up with somebody else to allow a soul connection can be used in a manipulative way because she Absolutely. was she was doing that. And I think yeah. that's important. I think that's an important thing for us to know that it, that was love in the kind you're talking about, but was used in a trickery way. And that yeah, it could it could be a past life connection that got reactivated and remembered and then confused and then, um, you know, in departure of it being enraptured in the high of it wanting it to continue then people leave tendrils in each other and try to feed off it way beyond its expiration date, you know, like <laughs> you should be able to come experience, dance and remove, leave intact. But if you're not intact when you leave and you start doing all this, then of course you just become, you know, vampiric. And then it's, then it's off balance. So it could have been that in the moment there was a pure connection and it's, I think a lot of this has to do with people's just miseducation or uneducation um, and just pure ignorance out of lack of not knowing. Um, and that's why I wrote the book and why I describe the container so much and why it's so important that each one of us learn. We talk about boundaries, but boundaries are energetic first and verbals after that you know when we actually can say boundaries are energetic hey headlines boundaries are energetic first and the words may help you establish them and may help you establish other person to know those boundaries but those boundaries are energetic first and we need to be able to operate our energy fields better than we do is the simple yeah. message the simple message i'm getting from what you're saying and i believe this too so there are many different ways to i think to do this with your energy field different metaphors the star seed from the heart is a very good one but from the heart without even thinking star seed is like uh, also a way that some people are doing it but the star seed one connects us to something else and it activates it activates and, uh, what you're here to do it okay. activates your soul mission and that's, that's what, what's important to me that you do your soul mission well yeah i mean guess what my soul mission is <laughs> <laughs> hey connect with coincidence you know <laughs> that's what that's what i'm doing I, I want i do want you to know about my needing for to be told i'm not alone and that i that i'm appreciated my appreciate and I and I appreciated that, um, and that it was a nice thing for you to do, but maybe 
in a situation like that, you could ask me how I'm doing uh, running this instead of making an assumption uh, and putting some of what your ideas about me are onto me. So yeah. that makes the that makes it a more a clearer discuss makes it a clearer uh, communication. So if you would have asked Thank me you. that, yeah. mm -hmm. that, that's that's where I'm being interpersonal with energy fields. It's like respecting the boundaries through communication like that. Uh, yes, and I do I do need to remember to speak honestly. Like I don't my my it took me a very long time to um, be able to communicate with words. I've been silent a big portion of my life. Um, I don't really need words to communicate with people, and it it's difficult for me to somehow. You know, it, it, I speak slowly whenever I'm in an interview. I'm like, okay, how can I communicate all of this through the language feels slow, frustrating, and inadequate so much of the time. Yeah. And then I and then I sometimes I get to the to the answer or what I think is the solution, and I give that before I even realize <laughs> we're not even on the same frequency band, right? So. I get it. And I so appreciate that. Um, oh, th I'm going to learn to ask more questions. Too. This, this I, it's is, been an ongoing uh, this process. Is, <laughs> this is more specific. And what I think we're talking about here is what I've been having to work on. I, I didn't learn to talk till I was start talking until I was four. Uh, and I've learned, I've had to learn how to talk to people. I've had to learn it especially I've learned it mostly talking with girls and women because they know how to talk better than guys do. But there's, there's a lot of subtlety in learning how to speak. What I, what my brought up to you here was an interpersonal thing. Yeah. And that what I've seen from what you're describing, how much you've developed your own sovereignty because you've had to, you have had to given all the things that have happened to you, you needed to have those boundaries uh, built so that you could protect your beautiful soul from these people invading you. What I'm suggesting is a particular form of speech where it says, I want to say something to you about your role as the, as the coincidence guy. Um, and I want to ask you how you are feeling doing this, because I'm wondering uh, if maybe it's kind of getting whatever you want to say to that um and then i could answer that because that's a good question i would have liked to have answered because uh, i was thinking about that then anyway that would have that would have been more useful to me than the expression that you did which would have been a form if you've done that way it would have been a form of love and we would have been able to say we love each other somehow and be able to get through that what do you think of that idea i like it i like it a lot mm -hmm. Good. Good. I'm, I, I think I always have this need for speed, <laughs> but I need to slow down often. I remind myself of that all the time. We, 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 we speed up by slowing down a lot of times. Uh, yeah, I have that as my key in the book. Uh, <laughs> slow down to speed up. Slow down. To I thought speed I read up. that. I have, to, I have to remind myself. I, it's, that's uh, why you write it. I mean, oh, I, yeah. When I, when I tell people things with my patients, I, I got to listen to some of that because I'm talking to myself. And that's, we, we are talking to ourselves when we talk to each other a lot of times. And we just have to know that. Yeah. Well, Thank we, you, Bernie, for that. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, you're welcome. Uh, I've, I'm, you're welcome. And thank you for your appreciation for me and your understanding of what I'm doing with this. But the Quincy's project has gotten to a different level. We can talk about that another time. Uh, but it's like solidifying and I'm doing other things uh, like with it to expand it further, like randonauts, awesome. like the randonauts, you know about them? That's you told nice. me about them. Yeah. I told you about that. Well, yeah, I did. I did. I'm going to do it in the, in the next uh, talk a little bit more about the next uh, coincidence meeting. This, but to be able to connect with you, Amalia, to be able to connect with you, to be able to connect with you, with my heart, you're just beautiful. You are beautiful. Thank you, Bernie. You're I welcome. see you and you're a, such a beautiful soul. Yes, I see you. I see everything you're doing, everything that you're, you're on your mission. And however I can help um, make sure that it stays grounded and clear and vibrant. And I'm here for that. Mm -hmm. You're hired. So, yeah, <laughs> we're in this together. Yeah, we're you're in this together. Yeah, we're, we're in this together. We're in this yes, together. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me with you. You're <laughs> welcome, and it's a delight. It's a delight talking with you, Amalia. It really is. <laughs> Same. This Cosmic consciousness